0: Is back in style. Welcome to the evolution.
1: Ah, dog! It's a great day in America when I can turn on the radio station and hear your voice. This educated, rational, patriotic analysis is refreshing. And I said this the other day. If you can hear my voice right now, I would argue that you have an obligation to your country, to the Constitution. To call five friends right now and tell them to turn on the radio station and listen to the great Doug Bash. We need this radio station to be uh, inundated with listeners and calls. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you?
0: How could you watch when you know?
2: He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest of now Nielsen rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. Raise a little hell, raise
1: a little hell.
2: I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet.
3: And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHB in Las Vegas and on social media and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in mob. DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. If you are new to the show, here's all you need to know. On my website, you will find links to every site associated with this show, in particular, links to all my social media sites, on four of which we both broadcast this show live and archive the shows. But let's simplify it, boil it all down to just one. On my website, click on the YouTube link. Once there, click on the subscribe link. Second, click on the link that says live, whereupon you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two two one seven two eight three 7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks. If you would like to talk on the radio, Later, as in our second half hour, that's 702-221-SAVE, as in save our democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do, lock him up. And I would be remiss if I didn't thank my dear friends Dwayne and Carol for just a lovely and fun, fun dinner engagement on Friday. I dare say a good time was had by all. Quick note on the Hamas attack on Israel on Saturday. The first question Marjorie Trader Trash 8 Toes Green asked was why Israel didn't use the Jewish lasers from space to repel the attack. <music>
0: 1 800 Drew Laser today. Jewish Space Lasers.
3: Here's what MTG tweeted over the weekend. Quote. Since the Biden administration's open border policies have allowed our country to be invaded by millions of unknown people from over 160 countries, including terrorists, will the Biden FBI keep targeting January 6, 2021 protesters, or will they question any of the pro-Hamas protesters and their connections since they were out using their free speech against Israel today? Or is it the stolen election crowd that are the real threat? End quote. First, just to bottom line it, yes, it is the stolen election crowd that are the real threat. I don't know of one immigrant who's tried to overturn an American election. Second, calling these protesters pro-Hamas protesters is a lie. People were protesting on behalf of the Palestinian people, not Hamas. And you cannot equate the entirety of the Palestinian population with Hamas any more than you can equate the entirety of the American population with what the orange Trump trader says and does. And I know for a fact, and I have had several Israelis on the show in the past as guests who agree with me, the overwhelming majority of the Palestinian people want nothing more than to be at peace with Israel. That is a fact, and they've said that the Israeli people feel the same way. But When militant people rise to positions of power and religion is a factor, and then violence is seen as an acceptable means to political ends, then all bets are off the table, which might explain explain my own lack of religiosity. What amazes me is the failure or refusal to see that parallel with what's presently taking place in this country with Trump and his MAGA movement. A militant leader religion and violence as a means to political ends third to compare the palestinian protesters with the inbreds who interfered in our foundational peaceful transfer of power and tried to overturn a free and fair election that is your quintessential qop false equivalence whether you agree with the people protesting on behalf of the palestinian people or not that's irrelevant doesn't matter The point is there is no equivalence between them and the insurrections of January, insurrectionists of January 6th. Period. And here's another reality check to begin the week. The QOP absolutely loves it when our allies are attacked. Why? Because it presents them with the opportunity to immediately exploit them to blame Joe Biden and Democrats for everything. Yeah, the same crowd who was always quick to say, oh, now's not the time to point the fingers of blame when there's a mass shooting and American deaths in this country just can't wait to do just that when the attack and deaths are in another country. And just to divert for a quick second, a new stat just released shows that one person here in America dies from gun violence every 11 seconds every 11 seconds shameful but back on point you don't need to take my word for it just listen to rnc although i prefer to call it the qnc chairwoman ronna mcdaniel
4: absolutely i think this is a great opportunity for our candidates to contrast where republicans have stood with israel time and time again and joe biden has been weak
3: getting old folks biden weak trump Strong? The guy whose fragile ego and crippling insecurity and need to be thought important forced him to share our most sensitive nuclear seekers with some schlub he was chatting with at his retirement home at Marilardo. That's strength? And then McDaniel repeated what would become the right's lie of the day regarding the latest violence, one that had already been told by who else? Donald Trump.
4: Let's not forget that it was on 9-11, just less than a month ago, that he announced that he was giving $6 billion to Iran. This is what he did. That was his priority. And now we are seeing the biggest funder of Hamas, uh, Iran, getting money from the United States of America. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think we have to go too far to connect the dots that now Hamas has attacked Israel. This is falling squarely on the shoulders of Joe Biden.
3: Absolute nonsense and a lie, and one we will debunk as soon as we hear it from the biggest liar himself. Well, uh, on this and every other story, come to think of it, the most experienced and accomplished liar in the nation, in fact, the former liar and thief, President Treason Weasel.
2: The Hamas terrorist invasion of Israel territory, Israeli territory, and the murder of Israeli soldiers today and uh, the brutal murder of citizens is an act of savagery that must and will be crushed. has to be It has to be dealt with very powerfully. This is a time where the United States needs leadership. We don't have leadership. But Israel is at war and the United States obviously is going to stick with Israel and strongly,
3: strongly, strongly. Sorry, Benedict Donald, the United States does indeed have leadership and leadership that isn't a threat to its democracy. I much prefer that to anything even in the neighborhood of what Trump calls his type of leadership. Whereupon, an autocratic dictator wannabe tries to destroy our democracy by overturning an election he had admitted he had lost And then that same cowardly draft dodger then thinks he has standing to accuse a heroic four-star general of treason and suggest he be executed. Remember, most, if not all, of Trump's accusations are confessions. And you just heard another example. At this point, Trump continues to lie as he attempts to mansplain why Hamas attacked Israel, failing miserably, in this pathetic, partisan attempt. And when he gets to the lie you just heard Ronald McDaniel tell, the one regarding the $6 billion, listen to how seriously he takes this attack. Quick hint, he doesn't. He's a clown.
2: The war happened for two reasons. The United States is giving and gave to Iran $6 billion. $6
3: billion. $6 billion. Dollars. Six billion. What an absolute fool. He is an insufferable, embarrassing ass clown. And of course, that's a lie. But before we expose it as such, let's listen as he continues and starts to ramble aimlessly and stops himself when he realizes he's going nowhere.
2: The United States is giving and gave to Iran six billion dollars. Six billion. Over, over hostages, over hostages, and uh, you know there was a very good trade, they got five hostages, we got five hostages, okay, that's the good news, the bad news is, and their hostages were tough, by the way, I have to tell you, that was, okay, let's assume they're doing just fine, but it was five for five.
3: Good grief. And their hostages were tough, by the way, I have to tell you. That was, okay, let's assume they're doing just fine. What in the holy hell? But this is what you get when Trump diverts from his script. Because being the sociopathic, malignant narcissist he is, he always thinks his ad-libs are better than what was written for him. And they never are, ever. But yeah, it's Joe Biden who's cognitively impaired, right? <laughs> Trump continues to lie about the $6 billion and, of course, has to make it all about himself.
2: Uh, that is an absolute disaster. And I would not be at all surprised if part of that tremendous wealth that they just accumulated went into all of a sudden watching this level of aggression. They didn't have that level of, of aggression with me. They didn't have it. This would have never happened with me either.
3: Yeah, because whoever the American president is is always a determining factor in Hamas's attacks on Israel. Idiot and liar. And now it's time to go back to the 6 billion dollars we gave Iran lie and just like the first time he told that lie, act the fool again in his second telling of the lie.
2: What's going on with Israel right now? People were shocked. I wasn't shocked. Because two weeks ago, we gave him $6 billion. Think of it. So we get five, they get five, but the difference is we have to give $6 billion. $6 billion! Does anyone know what a billion is?
3: Yeah, we know what a billion is, but after your financial fraud trial in New York has concluded, you won't. Again, just a self-absorbed ass clown. So that's twice he sold the $6 billion lie. And as he continues, he tells perhaps the biggest lie of this particular diatribe. He says something he claims he says all the time that he has never said even once. And with his usual dishonest projection.
2: And we have now, our country is a perceived, you know, it's, we're, we're really a country that's looked at with this tremendous perceived weakness with a grossly incompetent and corrupt president. He's, a, he's an incompetent man. He's corrupt. I don't know if he makes it to the starting gate. I hope, I guess, in a way he does. It, you know, we want to... And, and I, t- I say it all the time, and I mean it 100%. I would rather that Joe Biden, right now, instead of being one of the worst presidents, and I think, without question, the worst president, the most corrupt president, the most incompetent... I would rather have him be a great president, even though that would mean likely we wouldn't be doing this, either that, or we wouldn't win.
3: Again, Trump has not said all the time. In fact, he has never said he wants Joe Biden to be successful, ever. And again, his denigrating of Joe Biden is nothing more than confessions disguised as attacks. And he continues to lie.
2: We wouldn't be doing this, either that, or we wouldn't win. But if he were a great president and our country was doing well and we were respected throughout the world and we wouldn't have all of what's happening in our cities, our Democrat-run cities are really going to hell.
3: You know, isn't it funny that neither Trump nor his right-wing propaganda hate media ever tell you that crime is increasing in all big cities, whether run by Democrat or Republican mayors? And that the murder rate is worse per capita in red states? I wonder why that is, huh? Oh, yeah, I also wonder why they don't tell you that the largest increase in murder rates in this country was from 2019 to 2020. Murders increased by 30% in 2020 from the previous year in 2019. It was the largest single year increase in our nation's history. Now, who was president in both 2019 and 2020, hmm? And for Trump to delude himself into thinking we were respected internationally when he was staining and debasing the White House in America, now that is cognitive impairment. But let's get back to Trump's $6 billion lie, which, of course, has become an instant talking point slash lie slash gospel among the right as immediately spread by Trump's right-wing propaganda hate media and his lackeys in Congress. We gave around six billion dollars. And of course, they're all lying. That's what they do. First, no U.S. tax dollars, not one, went to Iran. Trump is correct that this six billion dollar figure came about as a result of hostage negotiations, but That $6 was Iran's own money that they earned from Iranian oil sales that took place before sanctions locked that money up. And once it was locked up, it was frozen in a South Korean bank. But here's further reality. That money was then transferred to a bank in Qatar, and it can only be spent on non-sanctioned goods like food, medicine, medical devices, the like and it has to be approved by washington and the treasury department and cutter pays those suppliers directly that money does not go to iran not one penny and even more further reality none of that money has yet to be spent Oh, and for the pro-Putin wing of the QOP, Russia and Vladimir Putin also support Hamas. In fact, a year ago, a delegation of Hamas leaders arrived in Moscow to conduct important talks with Russian officials concerning the situation in Jerusalem, as clashes between Israeli forces and Palestinian worshippers erupted on the Temple Mount during the holy month of Ramadan. So if you claim to be pro-Israel, you know, because you need them to survive so they can be wiped out in your end-of-days scenario, and you are rooting for Russia in their war against Ukraine, you are a hypocrite, plain and simple. But you already knew that, didn't you? You just don't care. And in a statement Trump released, he said, quote, we brought so much peace to the Middle East through the Abraham Accords, end quote. Tell you what? let's take an honest look at those quote-unquote accords, shall we? They allowed Israel to engage openly and officially with four Arab countries, the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Sudan, Bahrain, and Morocco. As for Morocco, Israel and Morocco have enjoyed diplomatic relations ever since 1948. For many, many years, Moroccan King Hassan II facilitated a relationship with Israeli authorities. The Israeli passport is accepted for entry into Morocco with a visa granted on arrival. All Trump's Abraham Accords did was formalize something that had existed for the past 70 years. Bahrain. Relations between Israel and Bahrain have existed since 1971. The first official Israeli delegation to visit Bahrain was in late September 1994. Trade missions were opened in both capitals after the Oslo Accord in 1993. Now, Sudan, different story. Di- diplomatic relations between them weren't established until February of this year, 2023. Before that, Sudan had a law since 1958 that forbid establishing relations with Israel and outlawed business with citizens of Israel as well as business relationships with Israeli companies or companies with Israeli interests. The law also forbade the direct or indirect import of any Israeli goods. However, Prior to that, in the 1950s, Sudan did indeed have active trade relations with Israel. And Israel-backed militias who fought the Sudanese government in the first and second Sudanese civil wars. The first one lasted from 1955 to 1972, the second from 1983 to 2005. As for the UAE, United Arab Emirates, back in 2010, the two countries began extensive cooperative relations. And in 2015, Israel opened an official diplomatic mission in Abu Dhabi. So again, Trump's Abraham Accords mostly formalized relations that had existed for years, if not decades. But here's the deal with those accords. Just like Trump did in Afghanistan when he ignored the Afghan government while he was surrendering to the Taliban, he did the same thing with his, with his Abraham Accords. He completely ignored the Palestinians. Put another way, the Abraham Accords weren't struck to resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And that was a problem which manifested itself on Saturday. Instead of trying to strike some sort of deal with the Palestinians, the Israelis realized they could do or push for whatever they wanted with America's full support. In effect, Trump's Abraham Accords emboldened the Israelis while allowing them to disregard the Palestinian demands or rights. Needless to say, that didn't resolve the conflict. It fueled it. So while Trump, his right-wing propaganda, hate media, and his grovelers in Congress, and of course, the bobbleheads in his brain-dead MAGA cult base, keep repeating those lies, primarily that the United States gave Iran six billion million, you now know the truth, because that's what we do on this show. We research past the headlines, past the tweets, and most importantly, past the lies. You're welcome. On Friday, I briefly addressed a story that had just broken before I left for the station. I asked you if the name Anthony Pratt rang a bell. I told you he was an Australian businessman, head of Pratt Industries, one of the largest packing companies in the world. I also told you he was a member of the Orange Diaper Rash's retirement home at Marilardo. At one point after he left office... Trump shared secrets with Pratt with regards to our nuclear subs, including the number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry and how close they could come to a Russian sub without being detected. These secrets are our most guarded secrets in America. After that particular Trump betrayal of his country, Anthony Pratt then proceeded to share these precious secrets with just a boatload of people, over 45 at last count, including 10 foreign officials. What we've learned since then is that this Anthony Pratt didn't become a member of Marilardo until Trump was able to steal the 2016 election. Looks like Mr. Pratt got what he paid for. Today, I would ask you to consider this. Imagine we had awakened Friday morning to a story that former President Obama had shared our top secret nuclear submarine capabilities with some foreign billionaire he played tennis with. And then that guy went ahead and shared that nuclear capability information with every duty passed by on the street. Republicans would be shouting treason and execution from the te- treetops till they lost their voices. Hell, they went a poop over a tan suit Obama once wore. But when it's their guy, Trump, who's an actual traitor, what do we hear? But then again, what would we expect from a group of spineless cowards who refused to raise their hands when asked if Trump were to be convicted on any of his 91 felony charges that he should be held to account under our rule of law? And they did that at the same time they were trying to make a case why legitimate president and non-criminal defendant Joe Biden should be impeached. At least now you have further confirmation that President Biden was absolutely correct when he cut off the intel briefings that former presidents traditionally get when President Treason Weasel left office. And if I can divert here for a couple moments, I want you to hear something that was said on Fox noise regarding Trump and our nuclear subs info. And it wasn't said in relation to Trump doing that. The the panel on the show, The Five, were having a discussion on something Hillary said that enabled the faux outrage machine to spin into high gear.
0: Those mega extremists um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And
3: how do you do that? So that was the topic of discussion on The Five. Hillary Clinton calling Trump's brain-dead mega cult base a cult, and one that needs to be deprogrammed. Here's something Jessica Tarloff said. She was the token liberal on this particular show. Listen to the dime she dropped.
4: I really need everyone to spare me the faux outrage and the pearl clutching about this. little collection of things that Donald Trump and high-ranking Republicans call liberals on a daily basis. Anarchists, anti-American, deranged, Communists, corrupt, compromised, groomers and perverts, thugs and traitors. Now, she was explicit that she was talking about a subsection of the Republican Party the same way that Joe Biden is when he talks about this MAGA extremism. But you tell me if the leader of the Democratic Party, so that would be Joe Biden, was facing four indictments with 91 felony counts, He had been found liable of sexually assaulting a woman and defaming her. That's E. Jean Carroll. Guilty of fraud. Sharing the nation's secrets, not only in the Mar-a-Lago indictment, but there was a report yesterday from ABC News that he had shared information about our nuclear submarine capacities with an Australian billionaire who's a member of Mar-a-Lago, who had then gone on and shared that with dozens of other people, it ended up making a purchase, I think, of three subs. It included specifics up to how many nuclear warheads they carry and how close they can get to Russian subs without being detected. And then I told you, so all of that is happening and he's shooting up in the polls. And when you see those interviews of Trump supporters outside of the rallies, they're like, none of this is true. It's the big lie. He won the election, et cetera. And you wouldn't say to me, you guys are in a cult. It's actually
3: tame what Hillary Clinton was saying. Well said, Jessica Tarlov, and bravo. Now, you didn't hear anything I hadn't already told you on Friday and in past shows, but she said this on Fox Noise. And the notable element of this is, and the reason I interjected it here and now, that was the first time the topic of Trump sharing our nuclear sub story had been brought up on Fox. Not one of the shows leading up to that one had even mentioned it. And The Five is on in the early evening, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. And you notice how her fellow panel members were completely silent? They knew she was speaking the truth. But they also knew their brainwashed, brain-dead audience wouldn't believe it. So there was no cost to them to remain silent. Paid traitors all. I would now like to invoke someone else's name, Peter Strzok. Peter Strzok is a former FBI agent and deputy assistant director of the FBI's counterintelligence division. Peter Strzok is also an American hero who specialized in working against Russian intelligence, learning the trade on the FBI's ghost stories investigation that tracked Moscow's deep cover spies living in the U S in short, Struck was a dedicated public servant who toiled for years with no other objective than to protect America and Americans, including from Russian interference in our elections, which, of course, neither Trump, his media, nor his brain-dead base had or have any problems with. After all, Vladimir Putin is a real leader, according to their dear cult leader. And, of course, being the patriot he was, and still is, he had no use for the orange trader, and those feelings which had nothing to do with the investigation into the orange trader cost him his job, and America was less safe for that loss. He has been vilified by Trump, his media, and his braindead mega cult base as usual for reasons that were fabricated by the right-wing propaganda hate media, and as usual are not based in reality, but do suit their narrative and mission to defend Trump at all costs, even American safety. Well done, MAGA. And whatever the tangerine infestation commits treason, I personally like to hear from a patriot. Peter Strzok was asked about Trump's latest nuclear submarine treason, and this is a lengthy clip. But Peter shares so many great points, it would be a shame to cut it short.
5: And Nicole, that's right. I mean, look, there is no search warrant that is going to recover material that you have in your memory. There's no men in black magic pen that erases the knowledge that you have from the job. So whatever might be recovered documentary uh, in documentary form, that is never going to get to the things that Trump will always carry around in his head. And you know, look, it's very recent. It's very current. It's within the past several years. There's a reason Joe Biden, when he became president, said the tradition of giving ex-presidents intelligence briefings, I am not going to do for Donald Trump. Trump because I see that as a threat. I see that as a security problem. I mean, I do want to touch a little bit investigatively. Jonathan mentioned this a bit. What's really important about this conversation is much like the conversation about Mark Milley and the Iran war plans. It was a conversation that occurred after Trump left the presidency. Legally, investigatively, there's a huge difference. As much as he was a security risk, legally, he can do that as much as we don't like it. But once he's left the presidency, he does not have the authority to continue talking about classified information. Information. So this is yet another post-presidency example, whether or not it's chargeable, verbal disclosures of classified information can present particular challenges, but it certainly creates a pattern of activity and it speaks to motive. But. From a national security perspective, you're right. It's potentially devastating. It is putting our entire nuclear triad at risk. Nuclear deterrence that we relied on for 75 years, the most sensitive component of that is our nuclear submarine force. And by detailing that, he is putting soldiers at risk. he's putting our national security at risk. And, oh, by the way, every single ally in the world, not just the Australians, every nation in the world who is watching this, in the event of another Trump administration, how many of them are going to want to share sensitive intelligence with the United States of America? And this, you know, we haven't even touched on the efforts and the money and the resources that Russia and China and every hostile nation undoubtedly is putting into penetrating Mar-a-Lago. Millions of dollars over years to develop human sources, to develop technical sources. Apparently, that they can listen sitting on the balcony of the ballroom of Mar-a-Lago to hear somebody relay classified information that the ex-president of the United States just shared with them. So it's horrible from a national security perspective. It just demonstrates an absolute lack of understanding on the former president about our care for the national security of the United States, for the men and women out there defending it. And I just I don't know how many examples of this we're going to need before uh, <laughs> the majority of the population says, enough, we can't ever have this man near a national security matter, let alone classified information again.
3: Now that Trump Humpers is a patriot. The man over whom he lost his job, Donald Trump, is not. Later in that same interview, Peter Strzok offered up some more gold, including, I think, the most salient and dangerous one
5: all these events speak to sort of the question that you raised earlier, why is he doing it? And I think the reality is there are a variety of motives. One, with the Milley-Iran document, it certainly appears that he was upset at Milly, that he was trying to get back at him. So he wields this classified as something that he can use against other people. So when you look at this recent, the, the summary and alleged information, that appears to me to be just a kind of gee whiz, isn't this neat? I'm eight years old and nuclear is interesting to me and I know more about it than anybody else. And now, going to show by disclosing this classified information and have some sort of ego gratification that I know all about it. So I think there are business reasons he does it. I think there are political reasons that he keeps it. I think that there are potentially just straight ego reasons that he maintains all of it. So you have this just toxic cocktail of motivations. And the problem is It's transparent to everybody. It is transparent to a trained Russian intelligence officer. It is transparent to Vladimir Putin. It is transparent to Xi. It is transparent to anybody who is trained in eliciting information how to get it out of Donald Trump. And as a national security professional, that is what keeps all of us in current and former lives awake at night because he is such an easy mark. And we only are aware of the things that have made it into the media. I am certain there are many, many other instances that we don't know about, and that is the sort of thing that these damage assessments and risk assessments are ongoing and trying to figure out, and I worry may never get a complete picture of what has happened.
3: Exactly. Is there anyone listening today who honestly believes this was a one-off and that this was the only time since Trump left office he's done this, shared sensitive classified information with someone? Seriously, you know better. We have him on tape admitting to same at his retirement home at Marilardo and at Bedminster. I sincerely hope the results this results in another indictment, or at the very least, another nail in his Florida documents case's coffin. And from what I've heard, this Anthony Pratt is expected to be called as a witness. Moving on, we are almost at the point where we're going to have to create a frequent, if not daily, segment we call The Right's Latest Attack on the Institutions Upon Which Our Democracy Was Built and Stands Today, albeit shakily. And this particular attack came from a familiar foe of democracy, Fox Noise, who apparently hasn't learned a damn thing after being exposed in the Dominion lawsuit as the inveterate liars we real world dwellers have always known they are. This verbal diarrhea came from one Greg Gutfeld on a Fox program called The Five. And he begins, of course, by defending the January 6th domestic terrorist. of course, and then lies about the BLM protesters never doing time. Another lie.
0: But only certain people get criminal mulligans. And January 6th protesters, they don't get criminal mulligans. And here's why. They're the oppressor, right? So the oppressed get criminal mulligans. The people that are complaining, like us, we're actually oppressors. And we're losing power. So that's why we're upset. But let, So let's compare the rights between criminals and victims. OK, the criminals, they get a mulligan. They get to steal up to eight, eight nine hundred dollars worth of stuff. They can loiter, sleep and shoot up in public areas, including playgrounds. They can loot and burn and call it social justice. Uh, they can uh, pile up dozens of arrests and never do time. Meanwhile, what about us? Well, we have to change our lives to accommodate risk wherever we go. We have to move out of cities for the sake of the safety of our families and our own safety. That's what's happening. We're being driven out of cities by the oppressed
3: again first the lie that the BLM protesters got away scot-free that's a lie and we have debunked that lie in detail a couple times just in the past couple weeks second the gross false equivalence between the BLM protesters and the January 6th domestic terrorists and insurrectionists And here's the thing. How long has the right been invoking BLM as a signal somehow our current leadership is incompetent? Does anyone remember when the BLM protest took place in 2020? And who was the president in 2020? Oh yeah, the orange parasite, Benedict Donald. But here's where Gutfeld starts to go off the rails.
0: So I return to my imperfect analogy from yesterday. We had a war over slavery. We knew slavery was inhumane and immoral, but somehow we couldn't solve slavery peacefully. It was an evil. But one side refused to acknowledge that it was evil because it was too big of an admission for them to make. Doesn't that feel that way now that this defiant refusal to reverse this decline argues against the survival of a country. What does that leave you with? It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace.
3: Now, in all honesty, if he wants to make a slavery analogy and make the case that one side doesn't want to change their evilness, that sounds like an argument we Democrats should be making. Why? Because the people who didn't want to solve slavery back then are the same people slash ilk who are racist today. They may have switched parties along the way, but the racist ideology has never changed. The racists of yesterday are the same ones who today defend anyone who kills an unarmed black man. The same ones who posted photos of Barack Obama beside monkeys. And worse, they are the same ones who are promoting the abandoning of democracy. And not that we would, but using Gutfell's own analogy, it should be our side who's calling for another civil war right now, not him and the right. And again, we wouldn't, but we're in a better position. But the pivotal point here is a cable, quote unquote, news anchor just called for another American civil war and using a grossly foobard analogy. And he continues his seditious prattle with yet another dagger to the heart of democracy.
0: It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace because you have a side that cannot change because then that means an admission that their beliefs have been corrupt all the time. So in a way, you have to force them to surrender.
3: Wow. He's talking about a party that cannot change or that will or that will force others to admit to their beliefs, have been corrupt all along. And he's saying this in representation and defense of the political party in America who is not willing to change, even though their policies are not supported by, the, by a majority of Americans, whether it be on abortion, gun control, health care, hell, even Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. That is some weapons-grade projection, Gutfeld, not to mention just quantum amounts of hypocrisy. Also, confessions disguised as attacks. And then, his comment, you have to force them to surrender. And how, I wonder, does he plan on accomplishing this? At gunpoint, maybe? At this point, his equally dim-witted co-host Jesse Waters, formerly Bill O'Liley stalker, interjects what is likely a sarcastic remark, and Gutvell makes a joke right after calling for another American Civil War.
0: You have to force them to surrender. Or we but, could make love, not war. Uh, I tried that once. Or we have an election. I had to go to a doctor.
3: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Real funny, Greg. Really funny. And you should probably sue that doctor. The STD you caught has obviously metastasized to your brain. And it sounds worse than herpes, more like herpules. And in that clip, you might have heard someone slip in a, or we have an election. That was the token Democrat on this panel, in this case, Harold Ford. And Gutfeld's response to that is both a classic example of extreme and dishonest fear-mongering, as well as an even worse display of anti-American, unpatriotic, anti-democracy drivel. As he attacks yet another one of our hallowed institutions necessary for our democracy's survival. Our elections, of course.
0: Oh, we have an election. I had to go to a doctor. Right. <laughs> elections. <laughs> yeah. no, elections don't work. We know that. We know they don't work. They do work. Look what we have. Look what we have. Yeah, but, but Dem- had a moder- we had a moderate president and we have crime exploding everywhere. We had a Democrat president promised that he was going to be moderate, promised that he was going to unite the country and now we have a terrible education system we have no border we have crime everywhere every facet of society is in peril and in chaos because our elections don't matter I do not complete, no elections do matter we don't need to go to war for it we go to election booth and vote the people out who don't do the things oh you're i saying. wish i was as naive as you harold
3: once again that was harold ford trying to inject some sanity Back into the conversation, only to be called naive. So, in just that one exchange, Gutfeld is calling for another American Civil War, says they have to force us Democrats to surrender. Well, good luck with that, Jack Hole. We're not as pacifists as you've been led to believe. But his reason for having us or having to make us surrender is because our policies are corrupt. Although the majority of Americans disagree, He also says our elections don't work. And to prove his point, he engages in typical right-wing propaganda, hate media, dishonest, fear-mongering. Oh, we're in decline, which is true, very true, just not in the way he's projecting. We are in decline because of the QOP's attacks on democracy and their lurch towards authoritarianism, period. Period. 221-7283 two two one seven two eight three is our call and number here at the station folks if you want to chat seven oh two 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 one save but here's the kicker these are the words of someone who does realize he and his political party are not in the majority and because he knows his side is on the side that's not willing to change he therefore advocates for minority rule and because that's highly unlikely to occur through elections, well then, to hell with elections. They don't work anymore. These are the words of someone advocating for authoritarianism. Only our side is right on the issues, but because the American people aren't smart enough to realize that and vote for us, Well, then we just have to get rid of elections and make them surrender to our will and bend their knee and swear fealty to our orange authoritarian dictator wannabe, just like we have, over our dead and decaying bodies. And then, just to top it off, he accuses the other side of that which he is doing, being unwilling to change, a classic, fascist tactic that worked quite well in the 1930s Germany. In fact, was one of the planks of their platform, along with telling big lies instead of little ones, because people are more willing to believe the big lies. Everything you just heard Gutfeld say and was advocating for was ripped from the pages of Mein Kampf. And look, we all know Fox isn't even in the neighborhood of being a legitimate news organization, but it is still astonishing that words like this can be spoken on a network that reaches millions of people. And you wonder why I say the biggest danger to this country is today's conservative corporate control, right-wing propaganda, hate media, industrial complex, and why I also say Fox should be taken off the air with OANN and Newsmax along with them? I repeat Nothing will change in this country until the aforementioned anti-American, unpatriotic, anti-democracy, right-wing propaganda hate media, with their massive and expanding reach, is eliminated. Period. And here's a question for you, just for kicks and giggles. How many people have you heard complain about what Gutfeld said or any of the other myriad anti-democracy, pro-authoritarian comments that have been made in the era of Trump? By others, but primarily by the orange trader? How many people have you heard ask the question how people can still support Trump? In both cases, too many to count, right? But here's another question how many people have you heard articulate what i just said or even hint at it how many people have you heard trace this anti-democracy pro-authoritarian movement back to perhaps not its treacherous root that's trump but trump alone would just be a senile old man yelling at kids to get off his lawn after they mowed it for him of course so the biggest danger doesn't necessarily have to be the creator of this anti-democracy, pro-authoritarian danger. And again, that's Trump. The biggest danger is the leviathan that is willing to give this movement the strength and legs it needs to not only survive, but to grow, metastasize, and fester. And that is none other than what I have long called today's conservative corporate control, right-wing propaganda-hate media industrial complex. And this goes back to the conversation I told you about and played you a part of that I had with the late, great Helen Thomas 13 years ago, the First Lady of the White House Press Corps, wherein we discussed how and when the right began to create this monster disinformation media and how liberals sat back with short arms and long pockets and allowed them to. And now, now, when it's gotten to the point the old saying might apply, it's too big to fail— because of the endless corporate financing behind it. Everyone's willing to say how dangerous it is to our democracy, but how many people have you heard who have the balls to come out and articulate the obvious solution? It needs to be eliminated, or at the very, very least, highly regulated. Accent on highly. Some people say we need a reinstatement of the fairness doctrine. I couldn't disagree more. We are way past that point. If a doctrine is indeed what we presently need, it is an honesty doctrine. That would remove most, if not all, these traitorous right-wing cesspools of disinformation and lies immediately. But again, who's got the balls to even call for regulation? I am but only as a distant second choice. My first choice remains, elimination. Destroy them and lock them up as the traitors to this nation and its democracy they are. two two one seven two eight three. 7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. Let's start with Big Bad John. You're first. Thanks for calling.
1: Hey, Doug. Great hey. show as always, man. Hey, thank hey, you I don't. I. Uh, I don't listen. To, I can't listen to Fox. Uh, for for, if I turn on Fox, I'm I'm standing and pacing within five minutes. Uh, yeah, and it's just too painful an experience for me. So thank you for uh, enduring that. Well, uh, as I always say,
3: John, I watch Fox so you guys don't have to. <laughs> it's the truth,
1: man. I can't. I literally. It's a physical reaction. And I literally start pacing, and I just won't put myself through that. Yeah. But, my God, what, what, what a scumbag uh, this guy. I don't know who he is. If you showed me a picture of him, I wouldn't know who he is. But uh, And I'm surprised I haven't heard Harold Ford name, or Harold Ford's name in a long time. Uh, what, something crazy. I forget what happened to him. But, anyway, I digress. Yeah. Look, you know, my point is, um, um, look, these guys are not going to go away. Over time, and as the news starts to tighten around Trump even more, this is where we're headed. We are headed to this point where they're going to call for physical violence. Um, And my whole point is, you either fight them now or you fight them uh, down the road. And when you fight them down the road, um, it's going to be 10 times worse. So my whole shtick is confrontation, loudly, vociferously in their face right now so if i see one of these fools i get right in their face and i i, I hit him with both barrels yes. and it, just a, a quick aside doug you know hey uh filing an fcc complaint might be a great way to get national attention for your show i mean what that guy said he was inciting violence um there is no way that he should be able to uh to do that uh
3: you know, John, um, I, John, I think so. John, I agree with you, except for one thing. The FCC has zero authority or control over cable. Only broadcast. Yeah, on I knew it. Knew Fox
1: News doesn't go over the airwaves at all. It's all cable.
3: Well, that's the thing. It does, and then the rules should be changed, but it hasn't been.
1: No. Oh,
3: I well. I know. It's a shame.
1: That's a terrible situation, but yeah. it's just absolutely outrageous that uh, that he should be able to get away with that. And he's going to get a fat. He's gonna, probably going to get a raise and a fatter paycheck for. Uh, he's going to get more viewers for for that nonsense. It's pathetic, Doug. So.
3: Hey, I hear you, John. I got to run the music playing. I went long today. I apologize. Hey, folks, thanks for listening and calling. I appreciate it, and we'll do it all over again tomorrow, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.